Pen Weekly. This is Sun Pen, filling for Harry Pen. And today we're here with special guest Joseph Golden. And we're here, and we're going to discuss some college football today. How are you doing today, Joseph? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fine myself. I guess to start off, uh, we're going to talk about the happenings in college football. Uh, I am aware that the season is over. So, but there are some things going on. And first and foremost, in the news, uh, sports news at least, uh, the story of Manti Teo, or the Teo. It's Teo, isn't it? I should know yeah, that, I think. think. <laughs> yeah, Teo. I think, I think Teo. I think you're right. So, Manti Teo, um, if those of you who haven't heard, uh, there's a story about uh, having a, a hoax, I suppose, about a fake girlfriend uh, who supposedly died. Uh, seem, would seem relevant, but uh, it turned out she did not exist. Now, there are several theories floating around about what had happened, whether he was in on it or whether he was just a, as as people were reporting, a victim of this uh, this of this hoax. Joseph, I, I want to know what what do you think happened here? Yeah, I I think he is a, a victim of a catfish hoax. I guess is, is what they call it. Uh, I, you know, I, I had some skepticism too when I first heard about it. I said, hey, you know, there's the only way he could, he could not know about this is if he's just really naive. And I just figured, oh, he's a, he's a big time player on a big time team. There's just, there's just no way he could be that naive. But the more facts come out about it, it seems like he, he, he was kind of naive and he didn't know. And, uh, it was some guy that he knew, I guess who uh, perpetrated this hoax. Kind of, it's kind of sad. I, I, I feel kind of bad for him, actually. Well, what about the contradicting evidence where he said that he had met her at a Stanford game and that after he gets found out on December 6th, uh, he gave interviews where he did still speak about uh, his uh, big girlfriend. Uh, what, what do you have to say about that? Right. Well, yeah, The uh, for having said that he met her in person, the only thing I can think about that is he maybe had uh, some pressure from family or friends uh, to not look like a weirdo that, uh, oh, I only know this girl from online and and, and, and uh, Twitter and stuff like that. I, I don't, I've never actually met her. So, so he put out that, oh, yeah, yeah, I met her, but he knew that he really didn't. So in that case, he would be culpable of... Uh, furthering a lie, although he didn't know, in my opinion, he didn't know that was a lie. Um, about the uh, December 6th thing, I did actually read something just, I guess it's recently breaking, that uh, there's a Hawaii newspaper that's reporting that when he got the call from this fake girl on December 6th, uh, she said to him that she had faked her death because she was wanted by drug dealers, and uh, she wanted to start the relationship back up with him, and that he was kind of uh, reticent to do that. Wow, I I have not heard that. That is, you know, first I'm hearing quite quite the news. Uh, <laughs> right, straight out sounds something straight out of a movie. Um, it, I don't, it, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's kind of insane news. So, Matthew Teo. Uh, you believe the victim of a hoax. I myself, um, I think I want to believe him. At first, I, when I heard the news, 
I did believe them, but after hearing a lot more things, I've become more and more skeptical. But if you ask me right now which side of the fence I'm on, I would say that I would say that I believe them, despite all the uh, what seems like a lot of mounting uh, contradicting evidence. Otherwise, well, uh, one thing I am very curious about: what do you think about this? Why did he never visit uh, this uh, this fake girlfriend of his that, um, after such a uh, whatever traumatic car accident? I don't know how serious it was. And after she had cancer, he he didn't visit her once. Um, well, how do you how do you reconcile that? Right, that is kind of suspicious. Uh, I I have to say, um, and and I agree with you too. You know, there there is some contradictory evidence. Uh, if I had to if I had to pick a side today, I would be on his side too. I I, I want to believe him. I just he he just seems like a good guy, and he just doesn't seem like something that he would do. Uh, the only thing I can think is that if he were duped for as long as he was, which uh, it seems like from from reading the accounts it's been since 2010, I guess, if he's been duped that long, um, they they could have duped him as well. Her saying something like, uh, no, you know, I, I don't want to see you or uh, I don't want you to. Well, she did. Uh, her brother I mean, all these are fake people that we're talking about. Her bro- her brother supposedly <laughs> said. <laughs> I mean, so who, who knows what about anything? But supposedly, her brother told him that she would not want him at the funeral. She would just want him to send uh, white roses and go and play hard. Uh, so allegedly, he sent white roses there. Um, yeah, I mean, some of it is a little suspicious. I mean, I wonder if maybe around then, maybe he started getting suspicious. But you know, you you don't you don't want to believe uh, the bad in people. You know, you don't want to think that someone is duping you. So that's the only thing I can think about that is maybe kind of had blinders on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know your 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 take on that. I mean, the whole situation is very uh, confusing. Say the least. Yeah, I think it's really confusing, and I think that it's one of those stories where I don't think we'll ever find out the truth of what really happened. I don't think we'll ever find out uh, when exactly he really knew uh, she wasn't real. Like you said, maybe he found out somewhere along the way. Uh, at first, he was a victim, and then he found out, and then he went along with it. Or he didn't really know until like a month ago that she didn't exist. So. I don't think it's something we really know. Um, I don't think there are very many people who know. Maybe just uh, Matthew Taylor himself. But like you said, you, you you do want to believe this story, and it seems like right now there are a lot of cynics out there, a lot of skepticism. But until there's really proof, I'm gonna, I don't know, just for um, what I, I just try to believe in the good in people. I guess um, he seems like a upright citizen, so. I don't know. It's kind of one of those contradictory things. I want to believe them, but hard to. But like I said, so I don't know. Right now, I'll believe them until I find out something that's more um, solid or a smoking gun of sorts. Yeah, I I I agree with that. One one more thing I'll add. uh, Maybe you haven't heard either, and this also broke today. So another weird piece of news. Uh, Allegedly, an ESPN reporter 
uh, found this guy who was perpetrating the ho- who was the mastermind of the host. Uh, uh, there were several <laughs> people involved, <laughs> and so but the main guy was named uh, Ronaya Kuyafosopo, and uh, uh, supposedly an ESPN reporter talked to him in December, actually, and he. Uh, Tuyasa Soko, uh, was crying to him and was confessing that yes, he was the mastermind behind it. Mantiteo had no idea and he's been leading on other people too. And so, two things about that. One, you know, how, how believable is that guy? I mean, he's been fooling people, so <laughs> is he believable in what he's saying? But two, ESPN sat on that story for a month. I mean, they had a reporter and they, they had an, an admission or a confession by this guy and they sat on it for a month. That's very. That is also very curious to me. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's so many things going on yeah. with the uh, with dates as far as when people knew and like Notre Dame knew uh, the day after Christmas. It sounds like, right? Um, but they held on. Yeah, you know, they sat on the story as well. They were they said they were waiting for a man-sized side to or a man-sized uh, group to come out the news. So it's all very interesting what's happening. But here's my question. You know, I. I asked a lot of people, I, you know, people who aren't sports fans, and I asked, oh, have you heard this story? And they're, and they haven't, so I tell them, you know, what's going on. And they're, and one person, their their next question actually was, uh, who cares? What's the big deal? He was either, either part of a hoax or he wasn't. Uh, why is he getting crucified for this? Uh, um, what do you think? Is this is this really a big story, or is it just something that's just too fascinating uh, to put down, I guess? Um, hmm, that is interesting. I um, I actually hadn't thought of that. Uh, that that question takes me off guard a little. I, I guess my instinct would be uh, slow news day. I don't know, and they and they just want to <laughs> <laughs> they just want to put something out there. I mean, he is he is a big guy, uh, very popular. Finished second, I think, in the Heisman. Goes to you know one of the most storied universities in the in the history of America. Um, so, and, and then, uh, but maybe at its core, people like, uh, stories that, uh, seem like a scandal, that seem like, like gossip and dirt. People like that. And so I, I think there's an element of that. Right. I, I agree. But what, what is the crime? Who, who really got hurt of this story? I guess besides Matt Taito. Um, if uh, if he is uh, innocent of of the hoax or not part of the hoax, uh, who really got hurt in this? Right. If he's if he's innocent and not in on it, then he is the only person that got hurt. Um, if he is in on it, um, yeah. I mean, really, did anybody get hurt? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really see. It. I mean, if he was in on it and it was for publicity and trying to win the Heisman and everything like that, I mean, that that's. That's pretty low. I mean, nobody should do that. But, um, you know, a month from now, nobody's going to remember it, and he'll go to the NFL, and nobody's going to care. So, yeah, I mean, is there any really harm or foul? I mean, the media the media did not do any due diligence on this to see, did she really exist, you know, check out an obituary or anything like that. So, um, you know, they, they are at least, it's in some part, culpable of, letting the lie go on. Uh, but, yeah, who, who really gets hurt by this? Really nobody. I mean, that's a, that's a very fair point, I would say. I think the only thing to say about that is 
the media feels deceived, like, uh, deceived maybe. And it seems like right now a lot of them are taking it out on Mesoteo's camp as far as uh, trying to uh, take down his character or his accomplishments because of this. And I, it just feels like they're like a woman scorned uh, type of deal. Um, <laughs> it's just like they kind of they kind of trick the media. Now the media is out to get them, supposedly, or it seems like at least. And yeah, I don't know. I, I to me it feels like that way. So, but I guess we'll never really um, know what happened. Do you have any final thoughts about this before we move on? Uh, uh, no, I would, have, I would agree with what you said. The media seems pretty vindictive, so I would not. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, we we just had recently crowned a BCS champion, uh, the last one of its kind in this format in Alabama. Um, what did I know? This happened a few days ago. Well, more than more than a week ago, it seems like. Uh, how? How did you see that game, and how did you see uh, the Alabama team as as a champion? Are they a dynasty? Um, yeah, I think at this point, I, I think they they're pretty close to it. I I don't know if I put them. I don't know if I would quite say a dynasty. I, you know, they lost a regular season game this year. Um, but but you know made it because nobody else was undefeated except Notre Dame. They lost last year. You you could you could really make an argument they shouldn't have even been in the game last year. But but they did make it. They beat LSU. Uh, I guess college football has those weird quirks. When I think of dynasty, the most recent one I think of is that uh, Nebraska team in the mid '90s with Tommy Frazier, and they were just running over people. Um, and then I think of late '70s Alabama teams. Um, this one is. I guess in this day and age of the BCS, they're about as close to a dynasty as as you're going to get. I, I guess it's three titles in four years. I mean, that's that's really good. So uh, that, that, that was a very long roundabout explanation, but I will say yes, they are a dynasty. <laughs> well, surprised me. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> well, I started yes, and then I said no, and then I, I talked myself back into it. Okay, I I think I would have to agree that three and four is is really good. Uh, we might, and I don't know if you remember during the, the uh, broadcast, uh, Kirk Herbstreit was talking about how they're, he thinks they're in the middle of it, that they'll win many more. Do you, do you agree with that, or is that something that you don't feel? Yeah, I, yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, Nick Saban um, is just, uh, I, I mean, you know, he's a masterful coach. I mean, uh, he, he's, he's just really good at what he does. And if you look at the players that they have right now, the players are going to potentially lose. I mean, they may lose uh, McCarron, but, you know, big deal. They, they Alabama has always had game manager quarterbacks. They've never really had um, outstanding quarterbacks. They've never needed them. Um, their their strength is on the lines, obviously, offensive and defensive. And uh, really throughout their defense, their secondary was a little bit of a weak spot this year, but – but their recruiting classes are always in the top five. Um, he is just getting five-star recruits left and right. So, yeah, I would agree with Harp Street. In the middle of a dynasty is, is a way to put it, which is which is a little scary. I mean, that that implies that over the next four years they could three, win three more, two or three more. And you're talking 
five or six championships over eight years, that's uh, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. I I would have to agree with you on that one. Uh, that they they probably run the middle of the dynasty. Does it mean I think that they're going to win two or more two championships uh, in the next you know three to five years? I don't know. Um, but I, I do know that they'll probably be in contention at the very least uh, in every one of the uh, upcoming years. Um, I have another question about the BS, BCS championship game. Do you think the right two teams went there, or or the best two teams went, or or those or Alabama and Notre Dame were the the two teams that should have decided that uh, the winner uh, the champions this year? Uh, no, I don't think it was the two best teams. I, I think Alabama. Alabama was definitely the number one best team. I would have rather seen either Oregon or Kansas State instead of Notre Dame. I think Alabama would have beaten either one of them. Um, Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame was clearly kind of kind of fraudulent. I mean, uh, here's a little fun fact. I actually went to the DDVA Compass Bowl in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and saw Pittsburgh <laughs> play Mississippi and Pittsburgh just looked like junk, you know. Pittsburgh's not a good team. And and they led Notre Dame twenty to six in the fourth quarter of that game and then missed a short field goal. I mean, really should have should have beaten Notre Dame and then we would have had a good matchup. You know, Alabama, Oregon, people would have liked that matchup. Alabama, Kansas State, not as much, but the way Kansas State plays, they could have they could have hung around. I mean, they would not have been losing twenty eight to nothing at halftime. Didn't he get to thirty-five-zero or thirty-five-seven? I don't remember. Um, uh, yeah, maybe it was thirty-five. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I know ESPN was panicking because it was in the second quarter and it was always already twenty-one to nothing. And so, uh, you know, of course they have to turn to um, you know what's his name's girlfriend and then Brent Musburger. Uh, you know, just <laughs> hyperventilating on air. I mean, that was uh, that was a little embarrassing for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's not the first time, probably. Um, <laughs> right. you, know, you know, the match I wanted to see was Oregon versus Alabama. Unfortunately, Oregon didn't even win its conference. Uh, but yeah, and I think that would have been the best matchup. It would have been the most interesting, I think. Uh, Contracting styles, uh, super quick offense, like hurry up offense versus a strong defense. Uh, just really two good uh, styles clashing, and unfortunately, we probably won't ever see that again. But the Chip Kelly leaving, um, uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? Should he have stayed, or what's Oregon gonna do? What do you, how do you feel about Chip Kelly's uh, uh, leaving Oregon? <coughs> Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised by that because what I had read was that I, he either signed an extension or reworked his deal or something with Oregon so that he was going to get more money from them. And, and uh, he, had, in other words, what I had read is he had already turned down the Eagles and gone back, and then it seems like the Eagles swooped in and got got him anyway, uh, which was a little a little surprising. Um, I, you know, I think he could be successful there. My, my gut instinct tells me he's not going to be that good because it seems like if you're good in college, you're not as good in the NFL, or, or if you're good in the NFL, you're not good in college. I mean, uh, Pete Carroll's the only person I can think of right offhand that's that's done in both. But, uh, you know, it seems like you see uh, 
you know, Nick Saban. Uh, Lane Kiffin? <laughs> well, he's he's the rare breed that can't succeed in either, actually. <laughs> but And yet still gets work. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the new pictures of who he has that love and keep employment. But uh, I, I guess this is a family show. I, I, I need to uh, watch out what I say. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think he... I, I think he'll. I mean, I think he'll do okay there. I mean, he could he could maybe get them to the playoffs. Uh, he's a he's a pretty smart guy. He got good players there in Oregon, so we'll see. Um, as far as Oregon's future, you know, they'll be fine. I I think uh, it seems like they're gonna get some NCAA sanctions coming up soon, uh, but it's not gonna be anything you know crippling. It's not gonna be a death penalty or anything like that. So they get they get good recruits. They'll keep getting good recruits. They'll be, you know, they'll be fine. They'll win nine or ten games every year. Well, they, well, do you think they'll still have the same type of offense, the same type of players being recruited, or is it going to change uh, completely? Um, I would think they would. Just it seems like they like to run that really fast uh, style, and they play on artificial turf, which which can help that. And uh, it seems like what they recruit is just these just speed guys, just really fast guys, and let's just put them wherever we can, and we'll just run around the field. Um, that seems to work for them, so I wouldn't guess that would uh, change unless you got, like, you know, you dug up Tom Osborne or something and he wanted to run the wishbone. I mean, I, I can't really I can't really see them doing something like that. I think, uh, I think yeah. The athletic director is going to say who, who it is, so I think they'll keep that philosophy. Oh, that's good. I, I like that offense, and hopefully the next person is as successful. Um, which leads me to our next topic. Uh, who do you think are going to be next year's contenders? Uh, uh, obviously, Alabama is going to be up there. I'm going to guess LSU. But who else is good? who else should we expect to see at the top of the rankings? Right, yeah, Alabama, LSU, definitely. Um, A&M, I think, is I think they're oh, yeah. for real. As long as as long as Johnny Manziel doesn't doesn't uh, you know get out of shape a little or get lazy or anything like that. As long as he stays okay, they're getting they have a really good recruiting class. I think they're in the top ten right now. So they're only going to get better. I, I mean, they were playing, they were playing as well as almost any team um, at the end of the towards the end of the season. Um, I can I can see Notre Dame winning ten or eleven games. I mean, their schedule's not hard, and they 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 aren't really losing. I mean, they're losing some players, but they they've been getting good recruiting classes. And uh, Brian Kelly's a really good coach. Um, I'm trying to think outside of. SEC, um, it's it's almost like SEC versus the field. I, it, I mean, if it's not, it really does. You know, whoever wins the SEC West, I, I would be, I'd be kind of surprised. I'll, I'll think about that more. Hey, who do you think uh, are the contenders? Well, I think uh, we name a lot of the principals that are going to be in play: uh, Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M. A team that I think um, maybe in there is. Oklahoma, uh, maybe, maybe Texas, maybe. I, I'm not really 
sure how they're going to – they're one of those teams that probably need another year or two of, of stronger classes. Um, anybody in the Pac-12 you see out there? Uh, Oregon, Stanford? I think Stanford should be up there. Yeah, Stanford. So, so really uh, – a lot of teams are in it, but I think it's Alabama's to lose. Uh, what did you think of uh, Mandiel winning the Heisman as a freshman? Do you think that was – you think he should have won? Uh, or – Somebody else, somebody, uh, an upperclassman, maybe. Uh, no, I, I, I like that he won. Um, you know, before the, before the uh, award ceremony, I, I predicted it would be Teo. So I was wrong on that, but I was hoping. I said to myself, if I had a vote, I would vote for Manziel. I was hoping he was going to win. I thought he was the best player, and um, I think that uh, you know voters have kind of come around. You know, Tebow. When he won in uh, whatever it was, 07, I want to say, uh, he was the first sophomore to win. And so I think once that was broken, now voters that say, yeah, we're okay with voting for a freshman. That's that's fine. No big deal. Uh, we don't have to vote for an upperclassman. So I was I was happy to see that. I really thought Manziel was, was the best player. And in the Cotton Bowl, I, I, I watched that one too. I mean, I watched a lot of A&M's games actually, and he just looked better and better as the season went on. The Cotton Bowl – he didn't have any kind of a letdown at all. I mean, he just single-handedly destroyed Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a that was a beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor Oklahoma. Somebody, somebody in Oklahoma is listening to this right now, and they are very sad. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> I, I, what do you think of a now? No, you're. SEC fan, as um, people may not know, and you know you have strong allegiances to there, uh, as far as fandom goes. What do you think of Texas A&M coming into the conference uh, before the season, and what did you think of their chances, and how surprised were you of their success? Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're saying, yeah, yeah, for uh, the listeners that don't know, I, I do live in SEC country in Tennessee, um, t- Tennessee themselves, pretty Bad. There's a lot of uh, sad people here. They they're trying to get better. Uh, A&M, you know, well A&M and Missouri both coming in this year. Uh, we, you know, I, I think I can speak for most SEC fans that we look at them as kind of little brothers, and we say, ah, that's cool, little brother. You're not, you know, you're not really going to do much. And Missouri, uh, you know, that was that was pretty much expected. I, I really did not think they would be good. A&M, that was very surprising. I mean, Manziel, nobody had even heard of him, really, before the season. Um, to win 11 games, you know, and, and its two losses to Florida and LSU were, were very close games. And they beat Alabama, only team to beat Alabama this year. I mean, they are they are very good, surprisingly good. I, I really did not see that coming. And, and now I would say they've earned respect, even within one year. They've earned respect now within the SEC that that they belong. How do you feel that? Uh, how do you think Texas fans feel? Uh, University of Texas fans feel mm-hmm. about, about that? Um, I think they feel uh, pretty upset that they did not uh, offer. From what I from what I have read and understand, they did not offer Manziel a scholarship, and uh, I, I'm sure they're pretty upset about that. Um, I'm not sure what's wrong there. You know, um, they get really high-quality athletes, but they lately have been losing 
four and five games a season, which they shouldn't do with the athletes they get. So, so I, I think they're disappointed. When A&M left, I'm sure they just kind of thumbed their nose at it and said, well, fine, get out of here. We, you know, we don't care about you. And now they look, you know, they look kind of silly. They're, they're in a weaker conference and they're still much worse than A&M. I mean, I mean, they're fortunate. Texas is fortunate that A&M didn't play them this year. We get us, they would have just rolled over them. I mean, it, it wouldn't have even been <laughs> close. <laughs> well, you know, rivalry games do bring out a different kind of game, but I, I know what you're Yeah. Uh, well, moving on to our next uh, question. Now, this is a, something that's been going on for a few years now, is conference realignment. How do you feel about all the teams switching conferences? I personally can't keep them straight. Uh, is Boise State the Big East or not? I, I don't know. I thought they were. Sounds like, sounds like they're not anymore. I, I really don't know what's going on. Uh, do you like it? Do you think it's confusing? Or do you think it's just the, the nature of the, the beast uh, of today's NCAA? Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is confusing. Um, it is hard to keep track of who all is moving. Every year there's teams moving. But like you said, it is kind of the nature of the beast. It, it's where it's going. It's all about money and, um, you know, TV deals, TV rights packages, you know, getting as much money as you can. So, you know, if that's what it is, that's okay. As long as there's still good games and uh, there's going to be a playoff soon, which which is great, finally there's going to be a playoff, then I'm okay with it. Um, I, I, I just think the only thing I would say is uh, some of these conferences need to change their names. You know, if, if the Big East is going to have – uh, San Diego State and uh, SMU and things like that, they, they really should not be calling themselves the Big East. They really should change their name. Um, same with the Big 12 has 10, Big 10 has 12. I mean, this is very confusing for, uh, you know, <laughs> the average the average fan. I mean, I mean the, the, the lay fan, you know, who isn't, like, following it all the time. You know, they're like, the, the Big Ten has 12? What is this? Very confusing. Oh, now they have 14? I mean, it's very, uh, very bizarre. But um, there's a part of me that's excited by it, too, because ultimately I hope that uh, my alma mater, as well as yours, BYU, I hope they end up in the Big 12. That's, that's my goal for them. Uh, whether they'll get that, who knows, but but that would be great because then they would have a real shot at getting into that playoff. Uh, what What do you think about uh, realignment? I I don't really care either way too much. The only thing I do care about is the rivalries, and I guess maybe that's old fashioned. But I do like seeing these teams who have been playing for 50, 60, 80 years, uh, however long they've been playing. I, I like to see them continue playing each other. When Texas didn't play A&M this year, it's kind of a bummer. Um, you know, like you said, as BYU alums, we, uh, our schools won't be playing our rival Utah for the next two years because they weren't able to, Utah and BYU weren't able to make a contract. And I thought that was kind of sad. I like seeing those games. So to answer really your question, I don't really, conference realignment, it doesn't bother me either way. You just only care if they keep the, the rivalries intact, and that's the only, that's really the only thing I really care about. So as long as that is intact, it doesn't matter which conference teams go to. 
but it seems as though that's one of the casualties of, of conference realignment. So. No, that's a really good point. I, 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 yeah, I totally forgot about that, but it is. I mean, there's really good rivalries. You know, Missouri, Kansas, they played for like a hundred years straight. They don't play anymore. Uh, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, that's gone. That, that, that is, you, yeah, you're definitely right on that. That is not good. BYU, Utah, I mean, how can we not play them for two straight years? That, that just doesn't feel right. So that, that is a major drawback to conference realignment. And I, I, I hope maybe something can be worked out among university presidents to, to try to figure out ways around that. I think the reason why I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, Utah didn't want to play BYU for the next two years is because they have such a strong conference schedule playing in the Pac-10 and adding BYU to their schedule would, you know, whereas some teams, Ohio State, play scrubs in those non-conference games, you know, that's something that Utah would want to do to help their chances, uh, not only in the Pac-12, but also in the BCS picture. So I think that's one of the reasons. And hopefully with the playoff being instituted, uh, losses won't matter as much. Maybe a one yeah. or two loss team can make the playoff. And as a result, maybe more uh, rivalries and non-conference games can be scheduled. Yeah, that, yeah that, that would be a good – right there, that would be a good solution. So I, I I agree. I hope that's what ends up happening too. So what do you think the prediction for the four playoff teams are going to be? Three SEC teams and uh, <laughs> Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, they, they are no, wait, they are in the SEC. So I don't know, <laughs> Oregon, Stanford. <laughs> I think every year it's going to be uh, two SEC teams, Notre Dame and uh, someone else. <laughs> Notre Dame will always find a way to get in. <laughs> <laughs> two two SEC schools, and then uh, you know wh- whatever is the favorite. Uh, you know, five years ago could have been Boise, now uh, Oregon, <laughs> or you know something like that. Uh, what was the that, team that made it this year? Northern Illinois. What was, was that the team? That yeah, made it yeah, Northern Illinois. I had uh, yeah. almost forgot about that. <laughs> They didn't. They didn't do too well. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of, kind of embarrassing. Uh, that, that, <laughs> I mean, how do you? How do you? I mean, they lost the first week of the season to Iowa, who I think went four and eight or five and seven. I mean, Iowa did not make a bowl, so and they're you know they're not even good to begin with. Northern Illinois lost to them, but then wins twelve straight, which is good, you know. And you win your conference. That's great. Does that really merit a BCS bowl, you know, just to get your heads handed to you by Florida State? I I don't know about that, but it is. Well, I, bet, I think Florida State fans are happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's definitely true. They, uh, yeah, they yeah, they were they were really hoping for a national title this year and kind of uh, NC State. I uh, tripped them up. Uh, that that those pesky wolf packs somehow <laughs> tripped them up. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's true. NC State, seriously. I, I don't get that. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna wrap things up. Joseph, do you have anything else to add? Uh, final thoughts? No, I I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> no, 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 not, not even a lamp. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get something. I'm gonna invent something so that next time I'm on the show, uh, I can plug it. That would be good. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, that is it for today's special edition, college football edition of Ten Weekly.